evening, LCM. Tonight is Thursday, December 8th, 2022, and this year is quickly coming to an end. Amen. The Lord's got greater things in store. Having heard the message on Sunday, loyal love, we hope y'all have been reflecting on the chesed of the Father toward you. Have y'all been reflecting on his chesed? Chesed. Come on, I need some help there. Chesed. We have been reflecting on our Father's love And it's given us reason for confidence. It's given us reason to rejoice. And it's inclined our hearts to draw near to the Father as he has drawn near to us. As Pastor Wade said on Sunday, there should never be a moment that we are not praising Yehovah for what he has done. In fact, we don't have to work very hard to try to find something to praise him for. Saints, if we just put our mind into action briefly, the Lord will show us what he has done. He will reveal to us. If we just look around at all the things to celebrate in this place, there is no lack of praising that should come out of us. Oh my goodness, that is so true. All right, we're going to jump right into it today. We're going to go right into the scripture at 2 Samuel 22, starting in verse 1. As you turn there, say, boastful praise. Well, all night. And David, that's right, Lincoln. It ain't a, it ain't a, it ain't a sermon until Lincoln's, Lincoln's yelled something in the background. And David spoke to the Lord, the, the words of this song, on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. This is a song that, that flowed out of David's heart as he's recognizing what the Father has done for him, how he's been delivered. Raise your hand if you have times in your life where you know the Lord has delivered you. Right? Amen. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I love the fact that he is listing out as many things possible. The character of God is on full display. And you can see what he's describing. It is a security. It's strong. It's a structure that he relies on. He didn't say in this moment, thank God I'm done. It's over. It's great. The emphasis of the day of his salvation was not on anything that David did. You guys understand that? Not on anything he did. The salvation was not based upon performance. He is fully, he is not rejoicing on his own accomplishments. He is fully overwhelmed with who his God has proven to be for him. So what pours out from his mouth is praise. A boastful, overcoming, overwhelming, all-consuming praise. Amen. A praise from his heart that makes anything else in his life pale in comparison. With the joy he is experiencing. Amen. Come on. Man, I love, I love David. He's, he's a poet. I mean, you, did you hear all those synonyms? Synonyms? Rock, fortress, deliverer, refuge, shield, horn of my salvation. Well, verse 4 keeps going. It says, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I am saved from my enemies for the waves of death. Man, the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The courts of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. Wow. Man, I, I honestly don't know all that it means. I think it means kind of the same thing. But he is just going, he's more dead than alive. Yeah. David finds himself in a place where he's at the rock bottom. Bottom. The waves of the earth, the torrents of destruction, the courts of Sheol, the snares of death all upon him. This is a moment in David's life where his enemies are far more powerful than what he feels in his own life, in his own strength. This is a moment of despair. He is despairing of life itself. It's a crazy moment of distress. I mean, can you hear it in David's words? But that's not where he remains. Verse 7 says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I called. Man, he has some possession, some property. He's saying, dude, to my God I called. From his temple, he heard my voice. 
and my cry came to his ears. Amen. Man, this is where everything takes a turn in David's prayer. The moment of distress could take all of David's strength. It could take everything that he had in his own body. But it could not take his trust in the Lord. It could not take away his hope and his faith in the Lord. It could not take away the heart's cry that came out of his mouth. In that moment of distress, his God and Father heard his prayer from his holy temple. And he proceeded to deliver him with power. Amen. This is all that that song in Second uh, Samuel 22 is about. It's a long song in, his, in which he's just praising, boastfully praising the salvation from his God. He has been his rock. This is who God has been for David. And he cannot quiet his lips when he has that revelation inside of him. So this song occurs at the end of David's life. And as we were reflecting on this, we thought it was beautiful that David, he's culminating what his life has looked like. And you see the first portion, he's declaring who God is. He says, he talks about the enemies that are coming against him. He talks about the death that he's feeling. And he describes it in every possible way, far better than I can. But then you see in the rest of the song, it's uplifting in who God is for him and what God has done for him. He has experienced the ups and the downs many times. He's had that on the top of the mountain and down in the valley and how quickly it can go from the mountain to the valley. But him crying out to his God and being resurrected, that is what he's declaring. I called out to you and you heard me from your temple. Saints, does that sound familiar to Jonah? Yeah, it does. The Bible is a smile. So is David's life. And so are our lives. We're seeing how the Lord is taking us where we can praise him and we feel the victory, the joy of salvation. It goes down into the depths of Sheol and comes back up in victory and how the Lord delivers us again and again. We learn this from the life of Jonah on Sunday. In the low part of this process in Jonah's life, he prays from the belly of Sheol. As you listen to this, listen to some of the same uh, verbiage that David used in 2 Samuel 21 and Psalm 18. So Jonah 2, verse 5 through 10. And it says, The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up. You brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love or loyal love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So much like David, when the waves of death and the cords of Sheol were all around him, in the deepest, deepest depths he could find himself in, he remembered the Lord. He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard him from his temple. And also, much like David, Jonah praises God in this moment of his salvation. Saints, when he is down in that depth, that's when he is praising the Lord, and that's when the salvation occurs. Thanksgiving and praise erupts from Jonah and from David, and this is what must happen in our life. So you have, in both cases, what you have is a song of salvation erupting from their lips. This is the joy of salvation being expressed in the moment. We saw it in David's life. We saw it in Jonah's life. You got that? All right, let's go. Oh, come on. Now, of course, we know that this joy of salvation did not become... Jonah's new permanent attitude. Indeed, he very quickly became displeased and even angry. We know that in, in, in chapter 4 of Jonah. It is evident even that while Jonah was finally obedient, he did not operate from the joy of his salvation. He obeyed and he was successful, but ultimately he couldn't even rejoice in the fruit of his labor. He had been saved from the belly of Sheol, but he begrudgingly offered that salvation to others. Church, how does this happen? How do we get in this position? <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth pondering. 
How is it that having experienced the amazing goodness and loyal love of God, we all too frequently lose the joy of our salvation? Can anyone relate with that? Yeah. Okay, y'all a little quiet, so speak to us. Can you relate to what it feels like to lose the joy of your salvation in a moment? <clears throat> be up on the top of the mountain and then be right down in that valley and wonder what has happened to my joy? Okay. So what does that look like? We're going to look over a couple of things and engage with this a little bit. Some of these things uh, that happen when we lose that joy of our salvation, it separates us from our Father. That's, man, we're on that high mountain, and we, we lose that joy of our salvation. We're down in that valley. There's, there's a separation. It, ins, it instills feelings of defeat, inadequacy, that take away our joy. It makes us self and sin conscious rather than aware of the presence of our Father. Wow. We end up placing emphasis on defeat and not the fact that our progress, maturity, marriages, and personal life is not where we would like it to be. We derive our value, joy, and peace from ability to perform and get it right. And of course, our performance fluctuates. Therefore, so does our joy. You guys relate with that? The fluctuation of things, the ups and downs that happen, right? So, so how this engage, I engage, I engage with this is uh, I, I competed for quite some time, many different avenues: basketball, football, uh, weightlifting, weight training, all, all kinds of different stuff. And unfortunately, in that regard, you are performance based. Yeah. yeah. You need to do well in order to compete and win. Show me your scorecard. <laughs> Show me your scorecard. I showed, uh, oh man, I, I placed uh, 89th out of uh, 90 people. Um, you are performance-based. <laughs> That's, uh, unfortunately, I've had a competition that way. So, anyway, but you're performance-based. Now, the problem with that is, in my life, that is a carryover that I continue to have in the kingdom. I am constantly looking at where is my value and where do I perform best in order to feel well, in order to have joy. You can see how this is a, it, it's a problem, yeah. right? If I'm doing well and I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with Andrew and we're, we're going over the things, we're, we're cultivating each other one day and we're doing great. And maybe the next day we miss something. We don't do so well. Hmm. That can rob my joy because of the performance-based aspect that I have in me. You're not alone. You're not alone. Even though they haven't said, yes, it's us too. <laughs> yeah, so these are, this is what losing the joy of our salvation looks like. Mm -hmm. And when we have that kind of perspective and we have a performance-based perspective, we're always going to be let down because we're not perfect. We are being perfected. But saints, when we get our eyes off of the circumstance and get our eyes off the situation, we realize joy is a choice. We're not talking about happiness. We're talking about joy. See, for me, what it looks like is seeing my life in the kingdom as a burden rather than a privilege. Seeing the weight, the responsibility that's being added as just that. It's a weight that's just pushing me down into the ground to make me defeated. In that, I lose the joy of my salvation. I'm looking at the responsibility and feeling like I'm completely incapable, completely inadequate to get this done. And therefore, the joy is swept out from under my feet. Y'all can relate. All this happens in us when we, when we fail to appreciate the smile of God, the fact that God has shown favor upon us. The life, the life to death process and so on through which we die, we go to the depths of Sheol, but then remember our God, cry out to him, and he brings us back to life. Saints, we go and we do that smile, and we have to remember to not stay down here in the loss of joy of our salvation, that we must climb back up. Hey, Paul, I feel especially stirred today to speak to moms. Mm. You know, I have a mom. I have a mom, yes, but I'm speaking <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> Hello, mom. And so I, my wife, my wife, she is pregnant. She had, we already, yes, yes. Well, we already have four daughters, and so this is our fifth one. 
This is a new weight of responsibility. Yeah. It's a new physical weight of responsibility. And, and she's carrying it. And it feels like the strength is not enough. It, it does. It's new. participation. Thank you. It's new. She hasn't carried this before. Not with four daughters. And it's something that adjust, getting adjusted to is... It's supposed to happen, but not in our own strength. It's when, you, when we attempt to get adjusted to the weight that the Father is increasing upon us, but we just say, we got this, we're going to do this. Well, that's just going to burn us out. And it's, it steals the joy of our salvation. What we end up seeing is that we're waking up and we're begrudgingly starting the day knowing that this is going to be tough today, Right? And, and, this is, and, and imagine our good father, he doesn't stop giving us more responsibilities. No. So what he's making us cry out for, what he's making us actually see, is that it is not our strength that will adjust us to the new responsibilities. It is his power. It is when we actually cry out, like we're feeling dragged down, we cry out from the belly of Sheol, and he will deliver us again. Yeah. So moms, I have one mom, and we've been working through this, very diligently. And joy is something that's speaking to us today very strongly. Amen. Because we have a blessing in that womb. But it requires so much out of us yeah. to bring life and to disciple it and to actually have the right attitude through it. Yeah, so the circumstances will look different. Not every one of us bears children. But we know what that weight of something I've not been through before, we know what that feels like. And what we're getting to is this is a process. And if it's a process, we better get used to it. And what I mean by get used to it is be joyful. Express joy. Look, not just be happy, because happy can change from circumstance to circumstance. Joy is something you get to choose. It's a smile that you get to put on your face no matter what you're going through. Saints, this is the process and the life of every son of God. So get used to it. If you want to be a son of God, get used to it. Put a smile on your face. I can't make you do it. You can choose to do it, though. Look, we often forget that our good and sovereign father is the one that is ordaining the difficulties that we must face and overcome. Saints, in Jonah's life, in Jonah 2, verse 3, it says that the Lord cast him into the water. The Lord threw him in. He was throwing him in to begin that process for him to go down to the depths so that he might cry out to the Lord and arise. This is ordained by God. Can you trust your father enough to know that you can be joyful through the process and he will deliver you? Yeah. Amen. Look, we lose the joy of our salvation when we no longer regard every part of our life as the greatest privilege ever given to a man. Okay. You, you got that? The greatest privilege ever given to men. The, our salvation is something that the world does not have possession of. Right. It's only being given to chosen children of God. But we don't necessarily see it that way. It becomes kind of old with time. It becomes kind of weighty. It becomes like the next thing that you ought to do. This is the greatest privilege. Yeah. And it just, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah, and it emanates joy from us. Amen. Jesus puts it this way. There were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, but he was sent to none except the widow of Zarephath. And there were also many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, but he was sent to none except to Naaman the Syrian. See, both the widow and the leper had nothing of themselves to offer, but out of the many widows and lepers in Israel, these were chosen specifically by God. And church, you've been chosen specifically by God to experience the joy of his salvation. Yeah. You know, we're still engaging a little bit with how we, choose, we lose the joy of our salvation, but that's not where we're going to stay. The fact is that when he said that he, there were many, many lepers, but he only chose one. There were many widows, but he only chose one. That makes, you, that makes you understand that he didn't do this at random chance. This wasn't like throw a dice and see which one comes. Nobody paid him to. No one coerced him to. He didn't have to. None of them deserved to. But he still saved them. He still brought them salvation. He still had compassion on them. And this is what he's done for us. Specifically chosen. 
handpicked, said, you are my own. You know, just meditating on how beautiful our Father has been to me personally, I remember a time when I was literally covered in shame. I remember a time when I would be hiding, hiding truth, hiding myself, hiding what was going on. Wow. Just makes me feel it right now. Incredible despair. And when, of course, undeserving as all get out, nothing good in me, nothing good in, in my flesh. Yet, our good father chose, handpicked, stuck his hand in the fire Come and on. brought me up. Amen. With a deliverance, with a deliverance that, that didn't stop in the first moment because he saw me fail again. And didn't stop in the second moment because he saw me fall again. And he knew what I was going to have to go through. He knew exactly the compassion and the faithfulness and the patience that he would have to have with me when he made that first move Amen. to deliver me the first time. That's a good word. And he keeps doing it today. I mean, this is, this is why, why are we preaching about a boastful praise? Because there are so many things that he's already demonstrated to us, specifically to us. Yes, we are a people, but each one of us is particularly a son and a daughter that he has called by name. He doesn't just have a loyal love. He has an amazing loyal love. Amen. If back then he loved us, how much more now? How much more now that I am pursuing him with all of my heart? How much more now that there's no shame inside of me? Una shamed. I can tell you, I can tell you right now, right now, there is nothing that stands between my father and I. How much more now will he not take me all the way to glory? How much more now will he not sustain me and deliver me over and over and over again? Today, we're going to regain two things. We're going to reawaken us to the wonder of his amazing loyal love. And two, we're going to have revived the joy of our salvation. Come on. All right, let's go to Psalm 31, verse 16. Gosh, we're going to be reviving the joy of our salvation today. Come on now. So 16 says... Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Salvation is God's labor of his amazing loyal love. This happens when we choose to have his face shine upon us. The radiance, the glory, the brightness, whatever other words you want to use to describe and magnify what God's face shining on us is, is amazing. We have a slide for you that we want to show of some amazingness that we found in Psalm 89, verse 15. And it's in the swish. So if you look up here, the bottom uh, 15b, it says, O Lord, they experience your favor. If we look in there, in the light of your face, they walk. The idiom, light of your face, is probably referring to a smile. Come on. So, O Lord... They experience your smile. Come on. I mean, how good is God? That's exciting. It's so exciting. Every single one of you should be smiling right now. God the Father has smiled down upon you. He has shown favor upon you. If you're here in this room tonight, he's shown favor upon you. And that should put a smile on your faces. Come on. If you actually interact with this. I don't know how you can't smile. Come on. To think of it, to think of the radiance of God's face as his, his smile is beaming ear to ear, right? The, just in imagining him looking down in you, on you in that regard. This is in reference to Ecclesiastes 8.1, which states that a man's wisdom makes his face shine. Mm. And the hardness of his face is changed. Well, so what is that, what is that meaning? That is a shining face is the opposite of a hard face. Seems seems pretty simple to kind of grasp, right? We're going to give you guys a little bit, we're going to give a a slide. I want you guys to get this today, all right? So we have a slide. An unknown actor, an unknown actor posed for this. IMDB, Paul Rosales. So if you look on the left side, 
We see what that frown looks like. Mean mugging. It, it actually resembles Spencer. It McLean. looks just like Spencer. Look, look at Spencer McLean right now. I mean, it's very similar. Hard face. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you, look at the, if you look on the right side, you can see that smile. Look at that beaming smile of Paul Rosales. He's shining. That is a man who is recognizing that the Lord's face is smiling upon him. Okay? So when God has his face shine on us, it's like he is smiling upon us. And this reminds me of a blessing. Not a, the blessing. The, the blessing. The blessing. Yeah. With which the high priest blessed the people of God. Yeah. Let's, so, go, yep. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 6, and we're going to pick up in verse 22 and read through 27. This is the blessing of the high priest, the blessing of the high priest Aaron to the people. And it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. Let the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, true shalom. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Saints, you want to be marked by his name? You can have confidence in knowing what that looks like as the Lord is smiling upon you with favor and showering down his grace and peace upon you. This is the blessing by which the high priest would proclaim, put the Lord's name upon God's people. You saints sitting in this room, you are God's people and the Lord is smiling upon you. The blessing of being called by God's name would mean that the Lord would guard us. Something like the apple of his eye. Come on, saints. That's a privilege to know the Lord guards us. This is everything that we've been preaching tonight. No matter how deep into the depths we go, the Lord is guarding us. His eye is upon us. He is shining his face upon us that we might rise up. Look, the Lord makes his face smile upon us. He shows favor to us. Your cheeks should be hurting more from smiling than from putting that frown on your face like I was doing up on the screen. Like the Lord would lift up his face to shine and give shalom to his people, to give grace to his people. God would not hide his face from us like he did for Cain, but he looks upon us in favor like he did with Abel. That God, our Father, would favor us as his peculiar, his chosen, his royal people. So the blessing which the people of God carry, is unmerited favor from God. It's nothing that we could have done to earn. He guards us, he smiles upon us, and he gives us peace. But the light of God's face, his presence, his smiling upon us was not meant to be a one-time joyful experience. Our salvation is not a one-time joyful experience. Those of you that have experienced it, you know you must be saved again and again and again. The Lord is taking us through this process to show us just how much he actually is shining upon us and how we must reflect that. This means we must walk in it. Oh, this is a blessing for the people yeah. to walk in continually. Let's go to Psalms 89 verse 15, and we're going to do this in the Young's literal translation. It says, Oh, the happiness of the people, knowing the shout, O Jehovah, in the light of thy face, they walk habitually. In thy name, they rejoice all the day. And in thy righteousness, they are exalted. For the beauty of their strength art thou. And in thy good will is our horn exalted. Man, let's unpack this a little bit. The people of God know his shout. They know his teruah. They know when they lift up that festal shout that they will raise a hallelujah. Raise a hallelujah with me. Hallelujah. Psalms 47 verse 5 says that God has, God has gone up with a shout. The, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. The people of God basically move with God. They move with the light of his face. Wherever God goes, he, he, they go. They know the shout and they move with them. They walk 
in the light of that, that face. And they walk in that habitually. They walk in that daily, continually. And because they walk in that daily and continually, this psalm says that they rejoice in him all day long. On, amen. This is an unhindered walk before God. This is the ability to walk unrestrained, to walk fully in the joy and the presence because you have a revelation. You have an awareness. Now you are awakened to a realization that God's face is shining upon us. Amen. What would change in my life as soon as I have that continually, habitually walking in it? God is smiling upon me. What is my response? What is my response when irrespective of circumstances, irrespective of sickness, death, hardships, betrayal, discipline, I feel and I know that God is smiling upon me. That God is saying, yes, my good faithful servant, come. That he is showing me favor. That he is with me. That he is shining his face upon me. What is my response when God is smiling at me? Come on. We must smile back. Yes, amen. In fact, that is the title of today's sermon, Smile Back. <laughs> this, smile back. this, in fact, the ability to perceive, to be aware of God's face shining upon us, is how we fulfill the command in 1 Thessalonians 5.16 that says, Rejoice always. Amen. We, I, have tried to fulfill this command by telling myself, Rejoice! Rejoice! My wife, rejoice! You know, put a smile on your face. Just try harder. Yeah, try harder. <laughs> like, let me put some, some uh, clips on your face. No, it doesn't, it doesn't happen by our own strength. It happens by an actual revelation of knowing that God is smiling at you. And the only thing that can come from you is to smile back. Amen. This has been impacting me in a different way because we've been tired. I've been waking up like... Man, what is going on? I've been waking up so late, and, and, and my wife is tired, I'm tired, and everybody's tired. And, and, I'm, and, and my first kind of thought is like, I woke up late, now I have to go. And it's changing something. Yeah. I can wake up with a hallelujah in mind. Amen. I can wake up with the fact that my father is smiling upon me. Yeah. He has given me one more day. My wife has breath of life. I have breath of life. We have breath of life. Hallelujah. We're moving forward. He has had compassion on me again. His mercies have been renewed in me again this morning. It's changing everything. It He's is. smiling at me. I'm smiling back at him. Hey, man, that's so good. And if you engage with that, I'm telling you, I woke up this morning and I felt exactly what Carlos just described. And I chose joy and a smile arose on my face and I got up out of bed and I got and done what I, everything that I needed to do, every single thing. And I knew it was going to be a burden today and I got it done because I chose joy. I did it with the right attitude and that could be every single person in this room. Come on. The, imagine that. The first thing we do, we wake up in the morning, we put a smile on our face because God's smiling at us. Yeah. You imagine that's the first, that's your first victory of the day. That is your fist, first Dude, victory. I'm saying yes. first because you're going to have many, many more because of the smile you're putting on your face. Come on. Come on, guys. We're growing up in this. This is good. Psalm 44, starting in verse 1. Come on. To the choir master, a mascal of the sons of Korah. Oh, God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days. In the days of old, you, with your own hand, drove out the nations. But them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God. Ordain salvation for Jacob. Come on, church. This is amazing. Yeah. Amazing in the recognition of what God has been doing. His, his face shining down upon them and the favor they have in this. He shines his face upon his people, and he smiles at us. But why would he do so? It's a good question, right? Yeah. Because he delights in us. Amen. He doesn't delight in your great fruitfulness. Yeah, you need to get that one. Does the weight come off? He does not delight in your fruitfulness. Hey, Adam, who produces the fruit? Our joy. <laughs> Our father. Yeah. His <laughs> Our joy in the Father, because his face is smiling on us. Amen. He is the one that produces the fruit. He delights in you because you are his sons and daughters. Yeah. 
This is not based on your performance. This is based on your covenant relationship to him. Amen. I'm going to say that one more time. This is not based on your performance. This is based on your covenant relationship with him. Amen. Like Jesus, he delighted in him even before he began his ministry. Not works-based. He said, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. His favor and smile is upon us. Not because we get it right all the time. Or even most of the time, if we're honest. But because he delighted in us as sons. Amen. Because he delights in us and chooses to smile at us and shine his face upon us, we can reciprocate and choose to smile back. I, we, boastfully rejoice and declare his praises. Amen. But regardless of how much we say this, we tend to revert to finding our joy in our own achievements. It's a cycle, guys. Or the fruitfulness from our lives. But... Jesus told his disciples this. Yeah. So in Luke 10, verse 19 through 20, it says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions. That's some pretty strong deeds, right? Yeah. And over all the power of the enemy. That's even stronger deeds, isn't it? Yeah. And nothing shall hurt you. That's something to celebrate. Yeah. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, we rejoice, we smile back at the Father because he initiated something with us. He initiated that we are chosen by him, called by him to be alongside him in the work that he is doing, and he is the one producing the fruit as we respond with a joyful attitude. Look, our good Lord Jesus specifically said not to rejoice in these things, but to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. This is the true, steadfast, permanent, and steady source of joy that never changes. Do you want a steadfast joy? Do you want a permanent joy? Then rejoice that you have been chosen by God and your name is written in heaven. Elijah performed many powerful good works, but those good works were not enough to sustain him. We know that, right? We know after doing all those good works, the, the bad attitude that he dropped down into. But our good father brings him to a point where his still small voice is what sustains him. See, he allows him to go to that point and then he brings him up and he silences every fear. He silences uh, everything that says that he doesn't have what it takes. And he says, my favor is upon you. I have chosen you. I have called you. I am smiling upon you. Smile back, son. And he is strengthened in that moment. It's not the food. It's not the water. It is the fact that his father chose him and led him along. God has chosen to smile at us, showing us his favor and writing our names in heaven. Therefore, I have much to rejoice about, and I will smile back. Saints, will you join me in that? Let me see you smile. Come on, Timo. Let me see you smile. Go ahead. All right, brothers and sisters, our Father, as we said, He has chosen us. And this is honestly the only thing that is steady and that we continually rejoice over. Yeah. Uh, but when we think about what we, like we were talking about, we continually just go back to finding joy and finding value and finding uh, just the ability to perform becomes really great in us. And... You know, when we, when we ask ourselves about our callings or we ask each other, what's your calling? You know, the immediate thing that comes to us is, what's my mezuzah, right? What, what, what am I called to do, right? What country are you called to? What? Are you going to be in the fivefold or not? Are you going to be a pillar? Are you going to be, uh, you know, are you going to plant something? What, what is it that you're going to do? Our minds shift continually to what is it, what are my works? Because I find value in them. But the first and foremost thing that the Father has called us to is to Himself. First Peter 5.10 makes this very clear. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to what? To His eternal, eternal glory. glory in Christ will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Man, it's so incredible that... 
from the beginning of when God called me, I was looking to do something, right? And it was like, I'm calling you to me, to me. Look at me over here. Like, my, the light of my face, you see that my smile, I have favored you, and that's why I have chosen you. But immediately, because I have this performance ambition, it's like I was looking at what to do to feel better about myself or to even repay him for what he had already done. But he's choosing to tell me, hey, son, I am smiling upon you. I am delighting on you. I rejoice over you. I have called you to be mine. And I, therefore, smile back to him. Um, works are a fluctuating source of joy. It's fluctuate all over the place. And so we can't find our joy in it. Our joy is in the fact that he has called us to himself. Amen. And you know what? There's a certainty in that calling. He says he, will sell, he himself will restore us, yeah. confirm us, yeah. and strengthen us, yeah. and establish us. Amen. So regardless of how you feel today, regardless of what is going on today, there is a promise. Because he has called you to himself, he has called me to himself, he will do all this all the way until he takes me to that glory that he has called me to. Amen. This is the primary calling of your life. What were you called to? Himself. Come on. To his glory. To his eternal glory. Come on. Let's go to 1 Peter 1 verse 8. Yeah. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and oh, filled man. with glory. Come on. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. If we look previously to these, these verses here, there's, there's suffering that's going on, but it is because it is a proven genuineness of your faith. Yes. Of greater worth than gold is what it says. Even in the, the midst of that suffering, that, that going through that hardship and that difficulty that we know is a benefit to us, in the midst of that bottomness, we have God smiling at us. He is good to us. He is bringing us through this so that our faith would be tested and proved genuine before him. Amen. We are rising up in that, knowing he's cultivating something in us before we're actually performed. Wow. That's good. He's cultivating something in us before we've actually performed. Our proper response to the Lord shining on us will produce the fruit that we desire. Amen. Okay? We... we we want to produce this fruit. We want to have good things. All of that stems because of the way that we interact with the Lord. That, yeah. all, that all stems from the way that we look upon him after he's looked upon us time and time again. And we begin to grow up into it. And that fruit that we so eagerly desire will be produced. But that's not the point of it. The point is looking back at God and seeing the way he loves us, has loved us, has called us, and is continuously to bring us through it. Amen. Knowing that his face shining upon us is the source of all joy, of joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is only one thing that we should be in pursuit of, what we should be seeking, pursuing his face. Amen. Yeah, we're not going to pursue the deeds. We're going to pursue his face. Yeah, Psalm 27, verse 7 through 9 is exactly what the word says. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, the Lord has said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek. The Lord says, look up at me smiling at you and smile back. And my heart is inclined to say, yes, Lord, I will smile back. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. See, the Father is calling out to you today, seek my face. This should invoke in us a response that says, your face, Lord, I will seek. That is what my pursuit will be. Yeah. Difficulties, trials, failures, good days, bad days, through all circumstances, my heart will be set on one thing only. Your face, O oh Lord, I will seek. I get to continually rejoice in his presence because as a son, I have his favor and blessing. Saints, I woke up with that assurity this morning. I know it, and it put a smile on my face, and it set me on a path to walk out in joy every single task that I had to do today. He's not hiding his face from me. Come on. He is calling out. The God of all creation is calling out, seek my face, and your heart should respond, your face, O Lord, I will seek. Oh, yeah. I have access, and you, saints, can have access to a joy unspeakable and full of glory that is continual and 
not sporadic. This is good. Are you, is something awakening inside of you? In terms of what is available for us, the blessing of God's people that his face, his smile would be upon us. Psalm 17 verse 15 says, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, man, he's talking to my morning every day. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. There's nothing else that will satisfy. And that is the essence of why it is his face that brings us joy. Because everything else will fall short of satisfaction. Everything else will leave you with an emptiness. With like, okay, you achieved something, but what is next? But when he shines his face upon us, there is a joy that, is, that fulfills everything that we could ever expect. Psalms 34, uh, 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It happens that whenever you delight in him as much as he delights in you, then the next thing that he asks you is, hey, my son, what is, what is in your heart? What are your desires? Because I have delighted in you. You have responded smiling back at me and you are delighting in me. You are delighting in my ways. You are delighting in my Torah. The next thing that your father will ask you is, hey, Come here. What is in your heart? Because I'm going to fulfill the desires of your heart. What that's saying is that the fruit will be produced, but it will only be produced when we actually delight in him as much as he delights in us because we are his sons. Is that a good word, Rob? Oh, yeah, that's a good word. He's fulfilling your desires, brother. Proverbs 10 verse 24 says, What the wicked dreads will, in fact, come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. Our primary pursuit is the presence of the Lord. Make no mistake, that is what our pursuit is. His presence in his face and the radiance, the smile of his face. Righteous fruit will be produced as we have that as our pursuit. We want to produce fruit, and that's a good thing. But that desire will only be granted as we are pursuing him and seeking his face. So, saints, my command to you today, smile back at him. Come on. As we move to a close, let's turn to Psalm 51, and we're going to pick up in verse 12. Psalm 51, verse 12. Man, what, a, what an interesting passage to uh, close or start closing uh, on a message that's about joy unspeakable and full of glory, right? Psalms 51, verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, Amen. and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Man, there's a particular order in which this verse is stated. First thing he says is, restore the joy of my salvation. What have we been talking about today? There is a joy, there was a song that came out from your lips that day. That song has to keep coming out of our lips. Regardless of where in the process of that smile you're in. You can be up here, you can be up here, you can be down here. The same song is coming out of your lips because God has not changed. Because you are still his son. Because he's still smiling at you. There is that order. If we have lost it, then we come up and we say, Father, restore this joy. Yes. Smile at me again. Shine your face upon me. Your face I will seek, Father. And what happens after that, it's also in the verse. It says, then... Then I will teach transgressors your ways. Then I will produce fruit. The fact, LCM, is that the fruit shall and will be produced. Our multiplication is certain. The generations after us shall be blessed. They shall take what we're receiving. And the kingdom of God shall reign. Everything will and shall happen. But delight yourself in him. Smile back at him. This is what he's doing on us. This is just the innate, innate, immediate, natural response when he shows us his face. Amen. I can't wait for this revelation to get deep down in every single yeah. soul. Y'all going to be walking around like smiling maniacs. You just can't stop. It, it, I'm telling you, get this revelation tonight. It is so good. There is nothing that you won't do, and you'll do it with the attitude that is pleasing to the Father. It, it would be beyond beyond measure if we we had testimonies if you guys go into work tomorrow and people are looking at you like what is this weirdo doing (laughs) 
What is Can't doesn't he know Joe. how many doesn't Cho know how many reports he's got to do? Look at him beaming ear to ear. That's right, Cho. Right? Doesn't yeah. doesn't Hayes know he's got Excel sheets to break down and, and redo? And yet we're we're grabbing hold of this, and and this is something that we're gonna be putting in practice. Amen. Church, as we close, don't you guys rise to your feet? Come on. We're gonna ask you guys to come and join us over at the altar, but. Not, not with a heart's cry out to the Lord like to, to save me, but with an attitude of a reflection of the smile he's giving back to us. Hey, so what Adam said is we're going to invite you to come up with us to yep. the altar. Yeah. And we're going to yeah. joyfully celebrate. <laughs> this is the promise that the Lord gave us, that he is smiling upon us and that we get to respond with a smile back to him. Amen. So... What did we say that our smile was on Sunday? Our physical smile, more than just on our cheeks, but our hands lifted up to the Lord. Look, we're going to do one big smile right here. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not going to lift him up, though we thought about it. <laughs> Adam, some of, close this out, brother. Some of, some of you guys got, like, actual smiles. I got, like, a... Like a you know, a little, little something over here. I got like a smirk, but it's getting there. It's raising up. It's raising up. All right. All right. Be before you get shoulder pain, put your hand, hands down. He's going to close us with a verse and we'll smile back. Yeah. We're going to go back to Psalm 89. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we don't. We're going to Psalm 89. Psalm 89. Sorry. For the recording. Oh, thy happiness of the people knowing the shout. O Jehovah, in the light of thy face they walk habitually. In thy name they rejoice all day. And in that righteousness they are exalted. Church, there's two things that we want you guys to grasp from what we, what we got today. Okay? One, the Father loves you and is smiling down upon you. Okay? We have joy in that. We're restoring the joy of our salvation and the fact that God is smiling upon us. The second thing, okay? We want to return that smile back. We want to return our praises back to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because he's good to us. And we want to walk this out daily. Not a one-time event. We are walking this out daily. Church, we are growing in this. We are becoming victorious as we put a smile on our face and we take one step forward. Mighty King, we love you, Lord God. We are so thankful for your smile upon us, Lord. Your favor upon us. Lord, let us reflect the glory of you back as we walk out with the joy of our salvation rightly as we smile back to you, Lord God. Thank you for what you are doing in us. Thank you for the moments that you bring us through, the smiling moments, Lord. We trust you and we exalt your mighty name, mighty God.